Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, AKA your friendly neighborhood fangirl. Happy Women's History Month 2021. There have been over 30 episodes of Fangirl Forum. And to celebrate this milestone, Fangirl Forum is finally living up to its name. Today, I'm moderating a Fangirl Forum with some of the best around. Today, we're here to celebrate being fangirls and women in the fandom space. And I have three incredible guests joining me today. So let's not waste any time. First up, joining me back on the podcast is the Resistant Broadcast's own Lacey Gilleran. Hey, how's it going? Excited to be here. Yay. <laughs> Next up, oh my goodness, we've got the Brooklyn Blurred herself. Please <laughs> welcome Ashley Smalls. Hello. Hi, guys. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and last but not least, give it up for the Gal Actics uh, podcast, Lauren Romo. Hello. Thank you for joining. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Really excited to do this with everybody. I am utterly geeked that we are doing this. So before we like really hop into things, I just kind of want to start off with a jumping off question. When I say fangirl, like what is your definition of that? What does it mean to be a fangirl? Ooh, it's like a, it's not like a deep question, but it's like, for me, it's one of those, you know, being a fangirl is just really getting yourself involved in like a, in, in any fandom, like we're all fans, right? You can be casual fans, you can be any type of fan you want, and you're still a fan. But I think like being a fangirl is like kind of deep diving into like a passion, like Star Wars or Marvel or DC or whatever is your poison. You know, I think for, for me, that's how I like see fangirls, like, you don't, you're just not a casual fan. You really like dive deep into it. I mean, you read all the comic books, all the books, all the, you know, other material, you collect things. So, I mean, for me, that's how I kind of see that word and how you kind of define it, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. I think that was a great answer. Um, a fangirl to me, besides really self-identifying as one because I've been one for such a long time is is someone that is not afraid to love something 110% 24-7 they're in it all the time and they don't care what anybody else thinks they're willing to put their love for that thing out there to share it with the world so to speak and, and it's something that I definitely admire in other people is their ability to love something without any embarrassment and just be like this is who I am. This is what I love. Like, that's what I think of when I think of a fangirl. Yeah, I was just say, um, someone who's really, someone who is passionate about something. I think with the way fandom has evolved, especially the past like 10 years, um, it becomes really specific to media. But you can be a fangirl of science, a fangirl of architecture. A of asparagus. Of- <laughs> exactly like whatever it is that I mean I do love asparagus but <laughs> really makes you happy you know it's like I don't think it has to be limited although you know some realms may do things a little differently I'm pretty attached to like MCU fandom Chris Evans fandom if you want to get real 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 specific <laughs> but you know I think being a fangirl it's like you have found something that you are passionate about I think and I think even with passion like you know, this is where we get into those things of how passionate are you? Like, no, if you like that one episode and you like it so much, you watch it every night. Well, you know what? <laughs> you are a fangirl. And that that's that's okay too. Um, and that's really what it's about. Like this thing makes you happy. It brings you joy. You're a fangirl. Own it. I love that. Agreed, Lacey. <laughs> I love that as well. Like, I think all of you kind of hit the nail for like when I envision a fangirl, I is I was going to say, unfortunately, but like, no, I'm pretty proud of this. I think that it is about like enjoying something and like being passionate about it and willing to like share in like the passion and the excitement of it, whether it is, you know, from media, like the MCU, Star Wars, my obsession with Oscar Isaac to a subject in school or specific type of like historical documentaries, vegetables, what have you, like (laughs) it is 
something that comes with a lot of fun. I think, I think being Mm -hmm. a fangirl is fun. You know, how often do you, I don't know, get into like the rabbit hole of, I mean, Ashley, you brought up Chris Evans, like how great was it today that Adam Driver was in the sweater and everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's the battle of the Chris Evans versus Adam Driver sweater, you know? Like, like the, the sisterhood of the traveling sweaters, like the sweater. Yes. Like it's going to be in a, in, in, in a movie at some point this year, one of our, our faves is going to end up in it. Like who will it be this year? This year it's Adam Driver. Who knows who's going to be next year? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that, I mean, you know, it's so funny is before the current reality is that literally me and a, a group of friends, we went searching for that sweater because we had gotten tickets to Ace Comic-Con. So we were all like, close to get this sweater because we were like, we're going to do a group photo op and we're going to be in this, we're going to be in our sweaters. And like, of course, like everything else last year got canceled. So I still have that sweater with the tag on it sitting in my closet just waiting just like we're just waiting till we we see Chris Evans again but um <laughs> no yeah like that's that sweater is just it just always pops up somewhere but it's a it's a good sweater I don't think I can pull it off the way he does or Adam Driver for that matter but that's yeah and it's great it's white it goes with everything you know it's like we're still in that transitional season per- period so it's you don't want to wear a jacket you wear your sweater it's great oh you <laughs> can wear <laughs> It's warm, it's functional, it's fashionable, and like, yes, um, a Captain America or a Ben Solo can rock it as well, but <laughs> it it's accessible to us all. <laughs> the power of a good sweater. <laughs> so ladies, clearly, like, we, we like a lot of, like, similar things, but I'm curious, like, how, how did you get involved in fandom? What would you say was your first fandom and like, how did you find yourself like getting involved with it? For me, it was Star Wars. Star Wars has been like my first love for sure since I was a little, little kid. And that's why me and my cousin started our podcast because her and I always talked about Star Wars, especially when Force Awakens started, you know, coming out and all that. Uh, That's kind of when I went deep into it was when... Force Awakens came out. I got involved in like some Star Wars Facebook group. And then that involved me getting to be like an admin for it. So like it was a whole downward spiral after that. And I was I was super naive at the time because I mean, at the time I was like a casual fan. I love the movies and all that stuff. And then like, you know, Force Awakens came out and it kind of changed everything for me. And I was like, all right, I need to like really just dive deep because I loved it. I loved what Force Awakens brought with, with the character Ray. So I was like, all right, I'm going to like super get invested and cost me a lot of money since then, but that's okay <laughs> as much fandom <laughs> does. But, you know, it, it was just a completely downward spiral. And again, I was like so naive. Like I thought, you know, the joke of, oh, who, who shot first and all that, like it was like a ha ha. But like when you get into these groups and people are like literally comment after comment, like fighting about it, I'm like, wow, people are really serious about this, <laughs> like really serious. And I was like really taken back, but I loved it even more because you like to see people passion, right? Especially females. Like, I mean, I met three other women that were admins and they're like my best friends now because we connected with Star Wars and obviously with many other things now, but that's kind of the beauty of it too with social media is that you get to meet people like all of you through this because of our passions, because of our love for, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, whatever it is, Chris Evans, I mean, you got to love it. And you just, you know, it brings people together. So that's kind of, that's how I started though, like Facebook group. And then it just went totally downward spiral from that. So I would say it's like been a really, it's been a ride to like get to this point, not just being more engulfed in fandom, but even like, you know, I studied it for school and, you know, possibly, you know, going down this path for a career in terms of where it started, like late night, I would say it started with Harry Potter like late 90s when Harry Potter came to the States and like every parent was parked outside of Barnes and Nobles and Borders trying to get a copy and my mom just saw all her coworkers doing it. it was like 
well, let me get a copy for her. <laughs> and I like ignored the book because I was like, that's a huge book. I don't know who she thinks is going to read that. Like <laughs> one day of me being bored, I finally picked it up. And what she thought was going to be, oh, you'll really like this book turn into, I need more. Hi, this is, this is the costume she wears. You have to buy this for me. We have to go. Like, I think what I was supposed to be a flower girl on the wedding and I refused to walk down until my mom went and got the new copy of Harry Potter because it just came out. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. That's where we were. That's what what was going on. (laughs) And we, you know, even back then also was introduced to the comics through my mom. I mean, she didn't read them, but she, we we used to watch the X-Men cartoons and me being Mm -hmm. a child had questions that she could not answer. So she went out and got the comics and was like, read this, figure it out. (laughs) And so, you know, that started what, you know, just really early years and now here we are where I study uh fan fan studies is a is if you are interested in academia and you're you're listening to this like that is something that you can study um you don't have to necessarily go get your PhD in it but if you want to take it that far that's where I'm at and I also look at it in terms of race so it's like to have gone from that girl you know doing the midnight waiting for the new Harry Potter book to come out to now okay, like I, I decided to start the blog because I was just talking about it so much. And then I also felt bad because I was like, you know, these new shows are coming out and spoiling it. Let me have my own place to talk about it too. And the next thing I knew, uh, Brooklyn Blurred kind of blew up a lot sooner than I thought. So it's been a it's been a crazy transition within just the past year. But like it is technically something that has started about 20 years ago <laughs> for me. And now it's like, you know, here we are. Yeah, so it's just like you never know what thing from your childhood you think you have put to rest is going to pop its way back up. Mm-hmm. I have an important question for you, Ashley. Mm-hmm. What Hogwarts house are you in? <laughs> so here's the thing, right? And I've come to terms with it. I know that I fit Ravenclaw, but like I said, I started this Harry Potter thing when I was, you know, this was 98, 99. And mm-hmm. at that point, all we really referenced was Gryffindor. So like, I had like a good 10 years plus of merchandise of Gryffindor all over the house. And then finally they came out with that quiz that was like, tell us who you are. And I kept getting Ravenclaw and I was like, what is this? And, you know, it made sense as I got older. I was like, oh, creativity. You keep like you, like you are on degree, what, three, four, like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. You fit that. But at the same time, I've invested I mean, I'm saying me, like it's not my parents' money, but like at this point we put thousands into Harry Potter and Gryffindor. So it's like, I know I fit Ravenclaw, but I got the Gryffindor scar. So we're just gonna keep going along with it. <laughs> that test has rocked so many people's worlds. They're like, exactly. everything I know is a lie. <laughs> it's just like, you guys should have, someone should have figured out how to make this when the thing came out because like I've already committed to what I committed to, so. <laughs> You know, it's so funny you say that because I have friends that are like, I will not be a Hufflepuff. I am a Slytherin. I was like, you're totally a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Team Hufflepuff. Right As a Hufflepuff, I'm offended by that. <laughs> I'm saying that the person is not a bad guy. Like the person was like, oh, I'm a bad guy. I was like, no, 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 no. Nah. <laughs> you're a nice person. Um, <laughs> I got into fandom. So I've loved a lot of nerdy things my whole life. I've loved Star Wars since I was six or seven. That's what I really got into at first. Then I got into, um, you know, I've always been a Disney fangirl. I loved Sailor Moon growing up. I was a Harry Potter kid as well. I read all those books when they came out when I was 11. I was like, where's my letter? Like, that was all relevant. I'm a huge Hunger Games fan. And when the movies and the books were a big thing, I was totally in that. But the, I think the jumping the kind of like crazy point was probably 2017 when i joined the resistance broadcast and with star wars newsnet when i finally took that i wouldn't say chance because it's not necessarily chance there's people doing way more important things than this but when i took the risk of putting myself out there as someone that's like here are my thoughts which is a very scary thing to do and for many years i was doing social media and marketing for read pop which does a lot of different comic cons so I was using my love for things and, and fandom and passion towards that as like a no-name brand that people were connecting with, but they really didn't realize that like I was the person on the other side of that. And then when I, I switched jobs and then was doing other things, John Hoey from the Resistance Broadcast reached out and was like, hey, have you ever decided to like talk about Star Wars? And I was like, well, 
I talk about it all the time. You mean like out there? No, not really. And it's just kind of a blur since then. It's kind of crazy. It's been about at the end of this month, it will be three years that I've been doing wow. it. And it's just been like, again, it feels like a long time, but then it's not really that long because it's three years, but you're just like, everything that's happened in that three-year period has been insane. And the fact that people want to talk with me about Star Wars on a regular basis and connect with me at this level that like I thought never existed because I don't know about you guys, when I was little, like, you kind of had to hide what you loved because you, you got made fun of. Like, I got bullied hard for liking Sailor Moon and, like, all these somewhat nerdier things. And, you know, oh, you you don't want to, like, <laughs> talk about boys and wear Abercrombie and Fitch? No, I don't. I want to watch anime and, you know, read Harry Potter and go on crazy adventures in space. So it's really exciting that I now, you know, my whole life I've I've kind of connected with Luke Skywalker as this kid that wanted to go on to bigger adventures and find where he belonged and belonged and like fit in the galaxy and I finally found that and it sucks that I found it so late in life I wish I found it earlier but at the same time I wouldn't trade it because now I'm an adult and I have money so I can buy things and like experience things in a way that like you know if I want to take a trip when we can take trips I can I can just go and I wouldn't trade anything for people like you guys that I get to meet along the way and, and feel a connection that I can easily say more of my friends are online than in person. And I have n no problem not only feeling that connection and knowing their true friendships, but also defending them in the way of like, yeah, I have more friends that are online than real life. Like, that's just how it is now. And I'm okay with that because I wouldn't have connected with them otherwise. So I guess like, that's how I got involved. But it's been in my blood forever. <laughs> you are born with it. <laughs> That's so interesting though, Lacey. Like you're so right when you said, like when we were kids growing up, like as little girls, like we kept that stuff like to ourselves. Like Or you talked to boys about it. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. not a lot of like even all my high school friends that I still hang out with. They're not big, like, nerds like I am. Like, I totally geek out. Like, I will text them, like, oh, my God, you see this? They're like, why do you care so much? I'm like, because I do. I'm like, because I love it. <laughs> Just, like, so much. Just <laughs> let me care. Right, right. <laughs> but it it is it is so refreshing, like you said, like, to find, like, your voice. Because that's a big thing, too. Like, starting a podcast or doing, like, writing a blog, doing whatever. Like, having your voice or your thoughts out there is very scary. I think especially for women, right? Because... I feel like that's kind of a thing that we were like, you know, yeah, you, you, you can do that, but like, you're not, you're not really supposed to like it. Like, you're not supposed to do that stuff, I feel. But now I think with social media and everything, like it's such a bigger thing and it's good to see like so many more female voices out there, like across the board, across any fandom. So it's, and I think that's why social media, it can be good in those, in those regards. Cause then you meet people like, like us for like, because of our passions with, neat with nerdy geeky stuff like this is why we're all here because we love all of that stuff and we love talking about it and it's it's nice it's nice to have that space you know mm -hmm. totally and I think it's so interesting that I think it has been brought up a little bit now is that like as we were kids and I as well like it wasn't something that you just like talked about or like shared like hey I'm super into Harry Potter or oh my gosh did you see that episode of X-Men the animated series or oh my gosh my favorite character from Sailor Moon is Sailor Mini Moon was my favorite because she had pink hair but then she was also great <laughs> anyways but like it wasn't just that didn't come up on the playground as much. And so mm -hmm. I think it's really fascinating that it's gone from such a niche fandom to becoming the main event over the course of the past like couple of decades. And I mean, I think it helped that like these movies were a lot of it came from like movies and television. It was so accessible, but like it is interesting now, like if I was, if I was in middle school, would I get made fun of the same way that I did when I was in middle school in the mid 2000s of like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for the next Harry Potter book. And then someone would be like, oh, you read Harry Potter or they're like, <laughs> oh, have you read this like fan theory about Harry Potter or something like, 
it's just wild like how fandom has changed and being able to like celebrate being a fangirl. I gotta ask, like, have all of you been to Comic-Con before or conventions? What was your experience like finding out that these things existed and you could like go to them? Um, I Oh, go ahead, Ashley. Yeah, so like, you know, that was kind of one of those things of like, finally, when you, like, that's, that's just, like we talked about like being a fan when we were younger and, you know, being a fan as an adult. And I think, you know, all, you know, as fandom becomes more part of like regular conversation and people act, or some people who are new to it think it's this thing that blew up, maybe probably attributed to Star Wars becoming more popular and, and the MCU becoming more popular for those of us. It's like, no, this thing has been around for so long. Um, and I think if anything, it's really actually, you know, on top of it becoming more, more mainstream, I think we're also just seeing a lot of people who are into this finally having money because we're adults. And this is sort of, this is where like Comic-Cons, like I am from New York. So New York Comic-Con has always been a thing, but like my parents were like, yeah, we'll get you the books. We'll get you the comics, but we are not going down there. <laughs> we're not doing that. And so it wasn't until like I got my, my one of my first uh, big girl jobs and was, had extra income where I could do that. And of course, you know, I had to do the full thing. I couldn't just go for the first time. It was like, no, I have to cosplay. I have to this, I have to that. Like, cause I really genuinely didn't know. And like, I live, my name is Brooklyn Blur. So I am from New York. So it's like, that was a much easier con to go to. I didn't know if I'd ever, even if I do have the money to go to San Diego Comic-Con, I don't know if I'll ever actually get the tickets. But like, you know, I wasn't sure, like, will I ever get the chance to, to do this again? It really does come down to, accessibility for, for many people, but like me going to my first Comic-Con in New York, New York Comic-Con, like that was really, I mean, I've always been a fan, but like that really shifted things into like high gear because as we were saying before, being I was younger, even I was really into these things. Like if I talked to my friends about Harry Potter, they were just like, girl, we love you, but please, like <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what this is about. And like now it's like you go to Comic-Con and you kind of just you find your people. I mean, I, my um, when I did start making even more money, I was able to go out of state to go to a con. That was where I found some of my closest friends who I now talk to every day. And like that's, and now it's like fandom can be even more so part of my life, not in a sense of that I get engulfed in this content, but in a sense of I now have people in my life I can talk to where like, if, if something's happening in the MCU, I mean, odds, odds are I've seen it, but if I don't, you better believe, you know, I have my friends from my jobs who will reach out to me and my friends from cons who reach out to me. It's like those, those cons have truly, they put me in, in, in connection with people. Like otherwise I might still be kind of, still be like one of those, you know, kids when we were younger of, I kind of read this in the back of, of the classroom and I don't really tell anybody about it. Now it's like, I'm loud, I'm proud. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about it. So I'm very grateful for cons. And I mean, I know they're basically all virtual now, but I'm cannot tell you how excited I am to hop on the first plane when it's safe. Mm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> My first Comic Con was, I want to say, 09 or 2010. I can't remember if it was a local one here in Connecticut or it was New York Comic Con because I'm from Connecticut. But I know, I remember going to New York Comic Con in 2010 and I was right out of college and I went with a media pass because I had launched kind of like a nerdy blog where I'd, I'd do video reviews and talk to brands and stuff. And I remember I met Ashley Eckstein there because she had just launched her universe and she was like standing at the booth selling tote bags. And I was like, wow, this is crazy that this person is standing in front of me just like, hey, do you want a tote bag? And then it was just kind of overwhelming because it's so big and it's gotten even bigger. But at the time I was just like, I'm from a small town in Connecticut. And then from there, it just kind of took a crazy turn. So um, I got a job at a couple of years later at Read Pop. So I was working Comic-Cons all the time. So I was doing New York Comic-Con, C2E2, Emerald City once they purchased that. Star Wars Celebration. I think my most memorable con was Star Wars Celebration 2015 because I am such a diehard Star Wars fan and to be surrounded by people that all loved Star Wars at the same level or maybe even more than me. 
it was intense, you know, it was crazy. And it was this excitement of Star Wars was back. We didn't think we were going to get any more Star Wars. So to be somewhere where you're like, oh my gosh, like this isn't over. And then the panel with BB-8 and all the new stars and it was just like insane. And it was such a wonderful weekend that I was thoroughly looking forward to Anaheim last year. So when it got canceled, I was like so depressed. But going to Star Wars celebrations for me are probably the, the biggest highlight just because it's what I'm most, most passionate about. But I've been to San Diego. I've been to New York Comic Con and a bunch of other cons. And they're always a good time because no matter if you go with a group of friends or even by yourself, you can find someone there that loves it love something you love as much as you do. Like you can connect on a level that you didn't think you could. And it's it's really magical. And I know how kind of corny that sounds, but it's so true because they do like fan meetups and they do different signings and panels and you can meet someone waiting in line for something that you could end up being best friends with them two weeks later. So it, Comic-Cons are just like at a different level of fandom. And I... Just like Ashley, I look forward to when we can go back again because I miss the social aspect, which is funny because I'm one of those people that's like, yeah, let's do this. And then two hours in, I'm like, let's go home because it's just like so intense. But no, I, I long to be to see people again. So I can't wait. Yeah, for for me, it was my first con of any kind was uh, Star Wars Celebration Chicago. And that was like a, a total just like, kind of like what Lacey and Ashley are saying, like, it was just, it was just an experience that you just felt. And you're just like, man, this is, this is real. Like, you know, I remember watching Star Wars Celebration 2000, was it 17 in Orlando, like mm -hmm. on YouTube, like, oh, man, this is cool. I never knew like that existed. And then you go to one and it, it is just a completely different experience. I mean, like Lacey was saying, like the vibe and just the people there, it's just, it just feels right especially like being a huge star wars fan like i am you know it it just felt like you were home like you were with like just a bunch of friends that you never knew before until now and, and it doesn't feel like twitter that right no exactly oh my gosh. Just, yes thank like you <laughs> thank you it is nothing like twitter like it's a thousand percent way better than that and it's just an experience that like is my like i said is my first one I mean, I went by myself, but I, I was meeting the girls that uh, were running the uh, admin of the Star Wars page I was on at the time. Uh, we were meeting. So like, again, like the first time I was meeting them in real life. So it was like one of those, like, it was a weird experience. Like I'm, I'm a super introverted person <laughs> to begin with. So like, it was a really kind of like, okay, like I'm putting myself out there and doing all this, but I was so glad that I did it. And like, I want to go to more now, like I want to go to like San Diego Comic-Con, New York. Like I want to go to all of them because it was such a fun experience because you meet passionate people like yourself and like the cosplays too. That's what blew my mind at Star Wars Celebration is the cosplay that people do. Like it is ridiculous how like artistic these people are, are with their with their outfits. It's amazing to see. Like that's the, like that is one of the most aspects that I love the most when I went was just seeing everybody just like walking around having a good time dressed up as you know Chewie or Princess Leia or Padme or whoever they felt like they wanted to be like it was a really cool experience so it is something that I feel like even you know whatever con you want to go to like you should experience it even like a local one like it's just fun because you are with people that feel the same way you do and it and it's like it's a feeling that you just have to go there and experience. And once you experience it, you're like, yeah, I, I, I need to do this more often for sure. And I agree with Ashley and Lacey, like, oh, I cannot wait for all of us safely to meet up at the con or whatever. Like, that is what I'm looking forward to. Parking the lot. Most. A anything. parking lot. Like, exactly. 7-Eleven <laughs> parking lot somewhere, like wherever <laughs> we want to do. Like, 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 <laughs> I, mean, I will say you've never been to one. Like you go to one and you it really does, I'm going to say addicting, but like the feeling, the euphoria. And once mm -hmm. you also, you will probably meet at least one person who you do end yep. up talking to regularly and like, the experience is more fun, but even because safer to travel someplace, because now you have someone to travel with. Mm -hmm. um, like I went to my first, I went to New York Comic Con by myself, but like that was easy because it's New York. Honestly, the way New York Comic Con is for anyone out there who is thinking of going is that they usually have some stuff in like different buildings and like, you'll be fine, but just understand as a native New Yorker, I know 
how to go around the building or something like that and get there faster than other people. But then when I went to Seattle, like that was so nerve wracking because it was like I was hopping on the plane. I was like, I'm really going, I'm hopping on a plane to go to Comic-Con, like not an academic conference or like to see family. And then maybe like, no, I'm just just going to pop up at the conference center. And like, I'm that's, I met my friends in another state, in another time zone and like now there's not a con anywhere that they like you know before things um ended up becoming what they are right now we were making plans to go to chicago this time last year you know when we got our white sweaters so that we could be ransom drysdale from nice <laughs> out we were we had our plane tickets booked we and I, at that point we only had known each other for like a year and it was like we were just freaking frat it was like whatever like we got our we got our coins together we're gonna figure it out we're gonna go half on a hotel um so it's like like you know just just going back to what lauren was saying about like you know go to your local one i would not be surprised if from there you know you're making trips with new friends it's just truly a great experience yeah so my first comic-con was actually san diego comic-con but i wasn't oh, wow. physical so here's i used to Diving be more that- the deep end yeah just go <laughs> okay for it. Go but my experiences was very was very different so I went and I met one of my friends in my first fandom where I say I got like really involved like outside of being a huge Harry Potter fan and liking the MCU uh movies and Batman I was really into this show called Once Upon a Time and that fandom was like ride or die it was quite the <laughs> experience online And I met some of my good friends through Once Upon a Time. And one of them, I had just met her for the first time once I moved out to California. And she was like, yeah, I'm volunteering at Comic-Con. Do you want to like come hang out? I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't know what that means. So I slept in a car. (laughs) I woke up early to get to the convention center. I did all of the free things because I didn't have a badge. But it was quite the experience of where I I met a whole bunch of different people. I met so many people that I knew from like online, which was like, you, I'm meeting you for the first time. And from there, like, I ended up hopping on a plane and going to a once upon a time convention in Vancouver. And I met my friends in Canada. I met my friend from London who a couple years later, I visited her out in London and I was there for a week and like lifelong friend because of that. And, but yeah, from there it, I went big, I went small once upon a time. (laughs) And then I did Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, which that was like Star Wars on steroids. It was (laughs) so fun because I was also there for work, which was like, yay, I could, I justified being there. But then I also got to go off and like, meet all of these incredible people. Like Lacey, that's where I met you for the first time, which was amazing. I got to see. We were just screaming at each other. We were were like, you, you. you." And everyone was like, what? I was like, it's you. (laughs) And it was around like the guys from Black Series Rebels, which I knew them from LA. And I was like, it's fine. Like I've, chatted with you but like Lacey oh my gosh and it was like such a weird like convergence of like all of the things that I love about fandom and at all of them you know just the the high that you get from meeting somebody who is equally as passionate about like something with you or you find out that they're also passionate not just about Star Wars but like oh my gosh Game of Thrones or oh my gosh, Tom Holland is Spider-Man. Like, what do we think about that? And, you know, there really isn't a feeling like it. To keep that train rolling, question of like, what do you love most about fandom? Would you say that the con experience or like being able to meet other fans is part of like why you love fandom? Like, what is it about these specific communities about like loving Star Wars, loving the MCU that like, that keeps you engaged and in it as long as you've been in it. I can be myself. I, mm. I feel like for a long time in my life, I was trying to be someone that other people wanted me to be, whether it be professionally or to please 
people that I thought were friends, the online community and the Star Wars community, the people that I know, like you guys, I've never had to apologize for what I think about something or about how much I love something or just being myself. Like you guys accept me for who I am and I, and I'm not afraid to let that be known. And like I said earlier, there was this kind of fear when I first started, but that's kind of gone. And I can't say this enough to anybody that wants to make a podcast or a blog or a video YouTube channel or whatever. It's just like taking that leap off that cliff of fear is the first step to, to getting to the point where you can finally be happy with who you are as a person. And obviously, most people think that comes later in life, which is true. You know, you get more comfortable with yourself and who you are. But yeah, the online community, the Star Wars community has just accepted me for me. Um, and I'm not afraid to be silly and dumb and make jokes and poke fun at myself because I know that no one's going to judge me about it. No one, no one cares. <laughs> you know, it's just like, we're just here to have fun and, and love Star Wars in whatever way that is. If it's me obsessing about Akbar or Grogu or BB-8 or whatever, Kylo Ren, it, it doesn't matter. It's just... Hey, you like this? So do I. Here are the things that I like. Oh, you like those things? Cool. Let's talk about it. So yeah, just being myself. I would just say, I mean, number one is, is our, would be my friendships that I've made from this. And that in itself is um, going with what Lacey's saying about like being yourself. Like that was when, you know, I truly, I would say, be, you know, came into my own um, in the sense of you convince yourself that this thing is just this hobby that you do when you're done with your nine to five and you you go home and you know you you convince yourself it is is stupid to think about this this thing throughout your day or you get too engulfed in it like it's okay to like it but just not not too much don't don't cross a certain threshold where people will be like oh my god she's weird and then you meet people who are like you whether that's through con whether that's online sometimes both and all of a sudden you're like, oh, we can, we can do this. It's okay. <laughs> I've talked about Chris Evans four times this morning. That's great. You know, and like, like I say, Chris Evans, like that, that fandom especially was definitely, you know, one of the most welcoming for me. And like, even like today when a Q and A of his was announced and like, I woke up and like right in my mentions was like, I was tagged in it. It's like making sure you see this. And I'm like, I saw it. <laughs> aside um but even you know like with you know marvel news and like we're getting ready for the next show falcon and the winter soldier coming out after they done you know still wrapping my head around wandavision and like us you know as a group getting ready for that but it's like at one point in time i would have felt like this is something where like i wait till friday when the new episode comes out in one or two tweets like that was a great episode and now it's like on a Friday when WandaVision would go, I shouldn't say when it would go off, but like when I was done watching it and just like, are we all free to talk about this all day, all weekend, all week <laughs> until the next episode comes out? Are we all ready to do that? And I think, you know, just, I don't, I don't feel weird about that at all. And it's like, even if someone, I've had people who have desperately wanted to call me that and they might do it under their breath, but then it's like the engagement, the, the genuine friendships I have from it, it's like, you say what you want, but you know, when you find something, you know, it's very clear people don't have something that they're passionate. That's why I even going back to like my answer about being a fangirl, it's like whatever you're passionate about, engulf yourself in that because it's just like so many people who are not doing what they're passionate about. And then they see those of us who are, and it's like, we get branded as weird for it. And it's like, well, you do that over there, but I'm with these people who are just like me, who really love this thing this this movie, the show, this comic, this uh, celebrity who looks really nice in sweaters. Like, you know, <laughs> like, we're all about it. Like, I just have great friendships and great people I know because of this. Like, even if my fandom, uh, I'm putting air quotes around that, but <laughs> even if that changes, I still have these really great people who I can talk to, and that's great. Yeah, I think the really big thing is like kind of what Ashley and Lacey said is there's a friendship because when you do do something like like Lacey said, like you do a blog or a YouTube channel, you're taking a leap of faith. You really are taking that step of like, wow, I am, like we said before, putting myself out there. But it's so nice to know that when you do that, there are so many people there for you that you didn't realize and then until you take that step. And then it's a whole different world once you take that step and you realize that, okay, yeah, I'm actually okay to 
have my thoughts out there and people like are cool with it and we talk about all other stuff like it's it is those genuine friendships that without doing you know a podcast or whatever you might not meet these people at all like and it's it's refreshing to know that especially for for women I feel that to know that there are other women out there that feel the same way that feel the same passion for not just Star Wars, but Marvel, Chris Evans, like anything that you want to, you know, be passionate about that you're, somebody's going to be there and have your back and be like, oh yeah, you, yeah, we, we're on the same page. So it's, it is really like, again, when you go to that Comic-Con, you do get that sense of friendship that you could talk to anybody at any time and you can connect with them in any, in some type of way. So, and I, again, I, I said before, like social media, that is one thing that social media is good for is connecting with people that you probably wouldn't connect with otherwise, you know, especially taking those, the, the leap of faith of doing whatever, you know, interest that you're doing. It's a really fun time, especially I think I feel for women, it's a really good time to be a fan of many things because there are a ton of other females. If you need to lean on one that are there for you, hundred percent. Totally. That is, that is such a beautiful picture of like community that like we can be all across this country, across this world. And like, we are all like connected by the similar interests that we enjoy. Like you just mentioned, Lauren, like one of the benefits of social media is being that like bridge for, for people for that, which is, which is lovely. Now, I mean, there are a lot of things that we love, but I got to admit, there are some days it's really hard to be a fangirl. It is really hard to be on Twitter and to even like question like, oh, what is my involvement in fandom for y'all? Like, when is it hard to be a fangirl? When have you had like those hard days in particular? I mean, that's like every day on Twitter, isn't it? I mean, I feel like it's like... (laughs) Like for all of us, it's like, it's almost, it is almost a battle sometimes, right? I mean, it is like you log onto Twitter or log into Facebook or whatever social media you're on. And there is something that popped off for some reason, some, something in Star Wars, something in Marvel, whatever, something happened and everybody's got their, you know, has their say about it. And it's just like, man, sometimes it's, and again, it's just, it's fandom overall, but I think specifically for women, like, you know, if you say something and then, you know, a lot of, to be honest, a lot of male, you know, counterparts will like say, well, do you really know what you're talking about? Like you always get questioned, right? Like you get questioned on like what you know or how knowledgeable you are on whatever. It's it's like, dude, if you're a fan, you're a fan, I'm a fan. Why does it matter how deep I know Marvel or DCU or Star Wars like it doesn't like you shouldn't like just jump into my mentions or jump into my tweet then just act like you know more than I do because you don't it, it it does it's those days where you're just like god I really wish I wasn't a part of <laughs> like I wish I was blissfully under unaware of like fandom and just like enjoying Star Wars how I was before I you know jumped on to podcasting and Twitter and all that stuff but again, the flip side of it is, you know, you wouldn't meet all these people, right? So, I mean, it's it's kind of a, a catch-22 where, yeah, there's going to be some bad days, but I think the good days outweigh the bad. And I think there's just too many people that you connect with that have the same thoughts and, you know, and feelings and, you know, you can enjoy and have a really good conversation with. I think there's more of that than the other stuff. So, but I mean, it it, it is, it feels like it's almost every day on Twitter, right? <laughs> like, it's just something happens and it just explodes for like a day or so and then something else happens the the following day so it's kind of never-ending almost I feel you know there's a there's an upside and a downside to visibility I want to just say fandom but unfortunately you know when I started my blog it's like the upside of having so many people who support me in this specific interest of mine is that when I post things you know they're they're commenting and they're sending me really great comments and and they're really supporting me but the thing is as much as you want your posts to blow up because that means more viewers and more you know conversations and you hope and pray everyone's going to be civil but unfortunately the more visibility you get the higher the odds are that eventually you are going to come across someone who the idea of being civil is beyond them (laughs) um 
And, you know, these are things that should be, I don't want to say that it shouldn't be taken seriously. I think there are serious aspects of, of what it is that we do, but it's like, it can be something simple and someone will take it a lot more seriously than it should be. And I think like us disagreeing about opinions and things like that, that's, that's just life. That's it's okay. It's media. It's there to be critiqued. And even like, for example, going back to WandaVision, you know, the final episode brought about a lot of conversation. Some people loved it. Some people didn't. And I think that there's honest critiques to be made about the final episode or WandaVision overall. Wouldn't stop me from enjoying the show, but, you know, I can hear someone out, agree with them or disagree. Some people truly can't. And that's really when being a fangirl can be hard. And, it, you know, I can understand thinking twice about maybe even being a fangirl in general, but definitely even, you know, you know, putting your opinions out there. And it does seem oftentimes than not that people seem to be a lot more vicious when they realize that it's a, it's a, it's a female versus, you know, when it's, when it's a, when it's, yeah, when it's a man, it's, I mean, I wouldn't be um, inclusive, but just really when it's a mar marginalized person, whether that fan is a woman, if they're a fan of color, if they are trans, like no matter if they are marginalized, they, they like it's the people who just feel like these rounds are supposed to be strictly for white men. And the minute you go outside those, those things, like it, it, the, the things I've been called for liking, the things that I, I like, I could not repeat over, <laughs> I cannot repeat here, nor would I want to, but like, it does make you think twice about whether you want to do it or not. Like I've never honestly gotten to a point where I don't want to be a fan, but it, it's one of the reasons why I even waited to like start a blog, even though it's something I wanted to do for a very long time. Cause I was like, opening up my mentions and allowing people to, you know, the, allowing that discourse, allowing those comments, am I ready for that? And it's like, once my visibility kind of got to a point of like, I've, I mean, I posted a, a vision meme last week that blew up and I, you know, you, you tell yourself like, no one's going to get mad at this. And I have people yelling at me like, he's not, vision's not a robot. And I'm like, it's a, it's a meme. It's, I know what he is. <laughs> it's a promise. I promise. I read them. It's just a meme. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, at some point though, just like we're laughing now, it's like, it's like, that's, you do have to laugh sometimes. Cause it's like, when you realize that they're going to get upset at something as simple as that, you kind of let it go a little bit. It's like, no matter what you do, if you're going to get some eyeballs on it, then eventually you just got to be prepared for it. But I do understand people who choose to just not deal with it at all. It, it, it is a hard thing. And I, I will give that, that disclosure beforehand for anyone I shouldn't say before you become a fan, be a fan of whatever you want, but just know once you get into those social media realms, or if you do a podcast, whatever, you know, it, it's, there's really great positives to it. But unfortunately, I don't, I don't want to curse them out, but those people are who they are and they, they will, they will do what they do. Mm -hmm. It was funny. I posted like a Star Wars, like an old Star Wars meme on our podcast account and the two replies that we got, it was just really funny. They were like, the gift was of like Padme, Jyn Erso, Rey, and Leia or something. And it had like different words on them. And the one for Leia said like princess. And both replies were just like, well, shouldn't it say general? I'm like, dude, I it's a gift. I'm just putting it for International Women's Day. I'm like, I didn't create the gift. Why are you like asking me, shouldn't it say that? I'm like, you have way too much time on your hands to like critique a gift that I chose to use. And you're saying like, well, shouldn't it say general? I'm like, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I think, you know, I've been smiling this entire time because it's been so wonderful talking to you guys. And then we get to this part of the conversation and I immediately <laughs> like get this burning in my chest because I get super protective of people and I'm like super protective of you guys being like, who do I need to fight? Um, <laughs> the hardest part about being a fangirl for me offline, just in person is people thinking that they can take credit for me being a fan and, and the constant quizzing of being a fan. Uh, I found that in real life. Uh, I had the, everyone has it, the uh, old boyfriend conversation in my mid-20s of an old boyfriend from high school. And he was like, oh, so you went the nerdy route, huh? And I was like, went the nerdy route? And he was just like, well, remember I bought you that Xbox. So clearly like I'm responsible. And I was like, uh-uh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like the first one that I was like, what? And then, you know, at a past job, I remember 
some guy I was working with was like, so what are you a fan of? And I was like, Star Wars. He's like, oh, really? And he started quizzing me like crazy on all these things. And I'm like, wow, really? You're going to quiz me on Star Wars? And I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> this really happened. Legit, two hours later, I was like, oh, it looks like we might book Peter Mayhew for the show. He goes, who's Peter Mayhew? And I was like, and it like just summed up being a fangirl like so mm -hmm. well in that situation that I was like, oh, really? As for online, you know, it is a struggle sometimes. An example that literally happened today was I was a guest on someone's podcast and the first comment that was there was every time a woman opens her mouth about Star Wars, I just roll my eyes. And <laughs> I got told this comment because the person deleted it and they were like, I just want you to know, like, if anybody screenshots it, I deleted it. And I was just like, you know what? It's funny you did because my response is always to go back to those people and kind of put them on the spot. So I would have been like, yeah, I roll my eyes when I hear my voice too. Like, that's what I would have said back to the person because I, it doesn't offend me in the sense of like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the constant quizzing, like Lauren said, just like always like, no, you don't. What? Well, actually, mm. like that all the time is like really grating sometimes. And there are days that like I'll snap back at someone or clap back and be like, actually, you're wrong. And this is why. But generally, I ch I've trained myself over the years to just kind of ignore it. And then there are the people, like Ashley said, that are just plain mean, that say terrible, terrible things. Uh, I have my my inbox open on Twitter which I probably shouldn't, but I do because people often ask me questions where they can find information on things, and I don't want that to be closed off to people if they don't feel like adding me because some people get nervous. So I have that, but luckily they put all the messages in like a separate thread if you aren't friends with the person. And to say that that literally is a trash bin is an <laughs> understatement with the type of messages that I get that range from a spectrum of, Will you go out with me? You're my dream girl. Will you marry me? Send me pictures to you're the worst. You're trash. No one cares what you think. Like every day, all day. And it's very interesting sometimes to explain this because I don't put this stuff out there because I don't want to give these people the attention and give them the energy of saying, oh, I paid attention to you. So that's oftentimes why I ignore it. But every once in a while, I'll let James and John from the Resistance Broadcast kind of like know about it. And they'll be like, how's it going? And I'll read them a couple and they'll be like, oh, my God. And they have no idea what it's like to be a woman in fandom. And, and people sometimes don't. So it, it's this struggle of educating people on better behavior and and what it means to respect someone, but also not giving those people that power and that right to to get that effect or reaction from you and i refuse to give those people that react because that's what they want they want me to be like oh look at this person or oh uh, i'm gonna screenshot this i'm not gonna do that because I, you're not worth my time but at the same time it doesn't make it okay and i hope that eventually we get to a point where which we won't but in a perfect world where you know people learn to be nicer to each other and I know that's not going to happen because it's the internet, <laughs> but I just don't want it to turn people away from finding the people and communities that make them happy because that's what I've found. And that's what I want other people to find. So just knowing that it's not the majority of people like Ashley and Lauren were saying, it's not everybody. It's a small percentage of people and they're not even worth your energy or time to pay attention to them. <laughs> I can breathe now. <laughs> no, thank you for sharing all of that and all of you, seriously. It is a unique experience that I don't think the fanboys in the community like really understand the amount of gatekeeping, uh, negating, just like vicious things that can be thrown our way on any given day, or even just like the, yeah, just the condescending nature of different fans. And it's not everyone but it is sometimes that loud minority that likes to uh, they see oh this is a female oh this is a member of the trans com community oh this is a fan of color and like how can I don't necessarily think that is always the cause but because of that 
that extra little grouping, it's like, oh, I could really get under your skin if I felt like it today. And some days that just sucks, you know? And I just thank you for like sharing all of your experiences with that, you know, because it's not easy. It's not easy being us some days. And, you know, all of our experiences like matter in that way of knowing like, hey, this is part of it, you know, some days. And it's not like a, oh, we knew what we signed up for because no one knows what you sign up for when you're getting on Twitter or starting a podcast (laughs) or starting a blog, you know, no one gives you the rundown of like, okay, here's what's going to (laughs) happen, you know, but on a lighter note, (laughs) 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 yes, I had an episode a couple weeks ago where it was just nothing but just like hard negative conversation and then we finally got to the hopeful bit and I promised myself like today like we're not gonna keep dwelling in the negative stuff like we're gonna end or it's gonna be an overall like fun positive (laughs) chat you know so on a lighter note where where do we see fandom going like on the online space what do we hope to see in our communities and like even Ashley since you were like studying this like from an academic perspective where do you see like fandom going even like the psychology of fandom like I'd love to like pick your brain about this stuff well I study diversity and Specifically, to get into my research, I study the intersection of, of Black feminism and what I call nerd culture, which mm-hmm. is, it is at this point been engulfed now with pop culture, but I specifically look at the nerdy aspects of it. And so my focus is really on, you know, representation of race, representation of women, but particularly Black women, um, not only in the media portion, you know, I don't think anyone who follows me would be surprised to know that my uh, main interest looks at the MCU, but even in the Comic-Con spaces, you know, like, as we've seen with WandaVision, we have the introduction now of Monica Rambeau. And so like, that is a, that's the first, um, in terms of the, you know, origin story of her in the MCU, African-American woman, since every other Black woman is either extraterrestrial or they live in Wakanda. This is the first time now that someone from America is, it, it gets to be, a, gets to be, is a Black woman in these, in this space. What does that mean, you know, going into um, these spaces outside of that, where we get to cosplay and we get to have these identities that now we more closely align with. And so I look at aspects of that and, you know, in terms of what my hope is, I genuinely hope to see uh, these spaces in 10 years is just seeing it to be more diverse. Um, I am a black woman. So of course I advocate for more black women in these spaces, but I do want to see, and I, I don't just even just mean like in terms of actresses and even directors, I think we're def- definitely seeing growth in those areas. But I mean, like even in terms of like fandom, like I don't know if we call ourselves influencers necessarily, but just getting to a space where more diverse people can feel more comfortable talking about it, you know, and, and did they accurately depict this? You know, one of the criticisms of the last episode of WandaVision is the fact that Monica Rambeau was used to jump in front of, of bullets. And that, that speaks to, you know, our, some of our current reality right now, is that really maybe the best thing that the MCU could have done? Like, but those are conversations that don't get to be had if the audience isn't diverse to speak about their experience and say, I would have preferred to have seen this, or I think Monica would have been better in this realm. You don't get that if everyone in the audience looks the same and is coming from the same place. And so that's the the change I'm hoping. If we can, we, we are starting to see that change happening now, but if it can become better, more rapid, I think maybe in 10 years, you know, I, I definitely hope we don't just have the one and that we don't just have Black people uh, in these spaces being sidekicks or in fictional nations in Africa as if, you know, like I want us to, I want us to fully be seen. I, you know, I, I want it to be safer for us to be heard. So that's both what I'm advocating for, you know, it's what I'm studying and I am hoping that come 2031, you know, like it's not a matter of still advocating for it, but that just is the norm. Well said. <laughs> I guess I just, that's all I could say. Like, I 100% agree with Ashley. Like, I think it's important to, 
you know, the actors and actresses and writers, directors, all that to be, you know, female, but really specifically, like Ashley said, like women of color and then trans, LGBTQ, like all that. We need more of those, but we need more voices. Like you're saying in the fandom, I 100% agree with Ashley. Like you need those voices to be lifted up and to be given bigger platforms and bigger ways to show diversity. I hope we keep going that way. I feel like there, I have noticed more female driven podcasts lately. So that's really, really encouraging. You know, you do see maybe a shift of people accepting female voices and accepting their viewpoints and getting on the right track. I I mean, we still have a lot of work to do, I, I feel, but I think given more time and giving, you know, things like that, I think we'll get, we'll get to a point where it is like a space, a good place to be at, but Hopefully, I mean, you never know, but I I do, I feel like we're in the right direction, so to speak, but specifically for women, I think we were getting there, but I I mean, the more voices we have, the better, and the more writers, the more podcasters, the more in any fandom is better for women overall. So I hope, I hope we're into a good place within, like you said, like maybe 10 years, we're in a good, a really good spot. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with both of you guys. There's something that kind of has stuck with me for, for a while now, and it was um, an interview with Ellen Pompeo from Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. She was on a set, and she had said that, you know, I want to come on set and, and for it to reflect the world that I walk around in. And I think that is more true now than ever before, that that's what we need in our entertainment, in our books, in our TV and movies, because... There is no better way to build empathy for other people than hearing from those other people. And I think oftentimes the best stories we've heard over the past few years have been ones that never got the chance to give their story. So uh, I'm going to use a personal example for myself. Growing up, Luke Skywalker was the Jedi. He was always the Jedi. He was the, you know, and then you had Anakin with the prequels. In 2015, when Rey grabbed that lightsaber... I straight up started crying in the movie theater because it was something I had never seen before where a woman grabbed the lightsaber and fought on her own. She didn't have someone to step in for her. She did it all herself. It meant so much to me because not only was it a woman being the hero, but it meant that little girls after me would have her to look up to and they wouldn't have to look up to Luke or Anakin or someone like that. They had their own hero. So I think it's, I'd really like to see just like these guys have said, fandom voices and representation in all different types of media that reflect our world. Our world isn't one color, so it shouldn't be that way in anything that we watch. So I, that's what I hope for. I love that. I look forward to the day that like 10 years from now, we can like look back at this conversation. And I hope that like so much of this is true, you know, that it isn't just not something to advocate for, but that we just get to see and live in, you know, and especially like that it's not just us. It's like more people are coming into the fold to celebrate being a fan and being fangirls. And of course, you know, the day that we can all safely go to a, to a con and we can like hug each other and be like, yes, look at us. We're <laughs> all here. And that there is like so much room at the table for all of us to not only like see so many different stories being told, but like all of us to be able to see, interpret and get to like share our perspective on something and like get to learn from each other in such unique and awesome ways. Man, this is the hopeful ending I was hoping for. (laughs) Thank you ladies so much for this, for this space and, you know, to bring it yourselves here and share your experiences as being fangirls you know I look up to all three of you and I'm just so honored that you got to that you said yes to me when I asked you know where can where can the audience find you yeah you can follow me on Twitter it's where I'm most active my handle on Twitter and Instagram if that's what you prefer but I do not know what's going on over there on Instagram, but I do exist, uh, is Ashley K. Smalls. And then you can also follow, uh, you know, my, along with my uh, blog, which is brooklynblurred.com. Kind of a tongue twister, you know, two Bs, but um, 
yeah, so you can uh, feel free to either follow me on social media or just visit my blog. Um, at minimum, I do update it weekly, even though I am a PhD student and these exams do hit us upside the head every now and again. Uh, but yeah, you're doing to- real work. Okay. Like don't undersell that. All right. Like it's, you know, but yeah. And if, in, outside of this, well, it's nothing more nerdy than academia. So even if you aren't interested in MCU, if you have questions about academia as well and how you can make this a academic discipline, I didn't even know that when I signed up for the program, but here we are. So um, I'm more than willing to um, answer questions there. Oh, Lacey, I was going to say you go. No, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll go. Well, Meredith, thank you for asking. Honestly, I was, and I think I, I messaged you. I was like, I'm so honored that you asked me to do this because like, I look up to you. I look up to Lacey, Ashley, like I look up to all three of you as well. So like, it's been a really, really rewarding experience. So thank you very much for having me on. But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Knows and on Instagram, but I really don't Instagram a lot. I just like have it. I have a lot of cat photos on there. So if you if you like cats, that's the place to go. Um, and then you Are can they follow- Are they cats? They, I have a, it's like a blue Russian cat. Ah. Like it's a mix. He's adorable. His name's Tyrion and he's the sweetest little boy. But you can follow me on those two social platforms and then you can follow the Galactic Podcast on any of the uh, podcast platforms that are out there. Yeah, so uh, I'm Lacey. You can find me on the Resistance broadcast every Monday and Wednesday, the official Star Wars podcast for StarWarsNewsNet.com. You can find us on all the different platforms, including YouTube. Um, And you can personally find me at Lacey Gillerin on Twitter and Instagram. You also have an exciting Schmodown career ahead of you, Lacey. Oh, yes. I am also part of the Schmodown, which is movie trivia, which I'm once again battling the, uh, how much does Lacey know is my common question. Uh, So I guess we'll see this year how much I know. (laughs) I promise it's a lot. (laughs) You are very knowledgeable. I have no doubt. (laughs) And always, you can follow me at Meredith Loftus on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Fangirl Forum Pod. Thank you so much for joining. I hope you have a fantastic day. See you next time.